0: Live from Perth, Australia, and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show with your host, Oren McCory. The O Show is a no-nonsense podcast bringing you the best advice on training, mindset, and nutrition to supercharge your efforts in the gym, the kitchen, and most importantly, in your head. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening guys wherever you are in the world. Welcome to today's episode of The O Show and today I have on a Perth coach who, Perth-based coach who trains female gen pop clients and does a tremendous job of it. We have the lovely Jazzy Chia on.
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me.
0: This is uh, your first podcast, right?
1: My very first, yes. So guys,
0: we're going to go easy on Jazzy today. We're going to make sure she's um, in a a very comfortable spot. But we're just going to have a conversation about what she does with clients, sort of the journey she's been on and some actionable tips for people. Because a lot of the people who listen to this are female gen pop and Jazzy is tremendous at what she does with her business, which she's going to tell you more about in a second. So Jazzy, let's get into it. Let's talk a bit about your background, uh, maybe into like the competing side of things, but also becoming a coach and how you got to where you are now in the industry.
1: Yeah, sure. So I have been um, in the fitness industry for just under a decade now. So I've been around, but kind of quiet lurking in the background, I guess you could say. (laughs) Um, And like most PTs started off in the gym, um, worked in a couple of gyms and soon decided that transitioning to online was something that I wanted to sort of move towards. So I sort of started just taking on a few online clients, keeping a lot of my in-gym clients at the same time. And then before I knew it, like the online stuff was taking over and I had to make the call, um, yeah. whether I wanted to go in that direction and, and commit wholeheartedly. And I and I have, and it's, um, it's really taken off, but yeah, so I've been doing 100% online um, for just over two years now. So actually okay. just uh, the year before COVID hit, um, i was all already all set up and ready to go so i was actually really thankful for my my line of thinking i had no idea obviously like everyone else that that was coming but um it did and and i was already on there so it was good
0: yeah that's massive I mean, and i was in the same position where i still had Like forty or fifty online clients with some hours in the gym, and everyone who was in the gym just literally transitioned to online. And I had the systems and everything in place for that. So, like, if anything, the business kind of thrived during COVID rather than drop off because you could still deliver it. Right? You didn't have to learn any new skills.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I think we had to take on like some more clients because more people wanted to to do online training just during that period of time. So, for me um, and my business, it was um, we were pretty busy
0: yeah that's good that's good it's a reflection on the good job you're doing that people are like okay I need to do online who's who's the top girl to go to and somebody who you resonate with you know
1: yeah I think it was a lot of um clients like existing clients um people that they knew perhaps uh friends family they they weren't sure what direction to go so we we get a lot of referrals and to be honest that's that's how our client base sort of started um so I'm, I'm pretty happy that's that's still to this day that's how we get most of our most of our clients through referrals
0: yeah that's awesome and that that without going too deep into like as if I'm polishing you up about how good you are like <laughs> that shows you the sign of a good coach when every people do get referrals because it's quite hard to get a referral if somebody, isn't really getting the service or doesn't see it they'll not recommend it to a friend whereas if somebody is getting above and beyond they will happily say to their friends oh listen I've got this coach or their friends will realize how good they're doing and be like oh who's your coach by the way like I need some of that.
1: Absolutely yeah how your client success is a testament to to your work isn't it so we really try to make sure that we do the best possible job with each and every client and um, won't consider taking on more clients if we feel that that might decrease the quality of our coaching. Um, And it's a hard one to kind of navigate through because you don't really know what that number is. It's different for everyone. And it can sometimes change over the course of a year, depending on what else you as a coach have going on in your life. So like, for example, like you said, my competition history, while I was competing, I made sure that I wasn't taking on any additional clients. I kind of kept my own clientele fairly steady over the course of the time and then knew once I was done and I could, you know, focus a little bit more, put more time into my clients. I could take on a few more. So I think that's really important to consider as well.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%. And then speaking about that, because we talked about the coaching side, let's yeah. talk about your competitive history then, like when did you start competing and obviously talk about where you are now?
1: Yeah, oh, I'm going to be showing my age a little bit here, but <laughs> I did my very first bodybuilding show way back in 2013. Yeah, oh, wow, okay. yeah so it was quite, quite a while ago. Um, and that was with what was then called the INBA, which is of course now the ICN. Um, and, um, I was horrible, (laughs) isn't everyone on their first show, but I, I was, I was horrible in the way that, um, I just had no idea what I was in for. I think I really lacked, uh, the preparation and knowledge about what, what the sport was actually all about. Um, coming from a relatively like regional, regional city slash town, um, Bunbury, Um, At that time in 2013, the sport wasn't that big and especially in like where I lived locally, there wasn't a lot of people to offer me information or um, yeah, tell tell me about the way to go about competing or things that I needed to learn to do. And I didn't realize that posing was even a thing. So um, (laughs) I tell all all of my competition girls this and, and anyone that wants to ask about competition stuff, I'm like, please, please, please practice your posing. It's absolutely vital to your presentation and on the day I just completely winged it. So when the MC called quarter turn to the right, I realized everyone was turning. So I just copied everyone and did exactly what they did. So yeah, it was it was pretty, it was messy. And I look back and it's like a bit cringy. but at the same time, um, it really made me realize uh, how much I enjoyed the day, just like being around all the other competitors um, yeah. sharing their story about how they got there. And I got such amazing feedback from the judges and the ICN president that, um, yeah, they, they really encouraged me to keep going, of course, mm-hmm. with some posing practice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's good. And then you've obviously worked your way up now where well, you're a pro status, right?
1: yeah so i got my pro card in 2015 and if i remember rightly that was the very first year that they were offering pro cards in australia in that federation so okay. i was one of the first fitness model pros um in in australia so that was pretty exciting it was all oh, all work. very shiny and new um and then i did my first uh, pro show over in las vegas uh the end of the year that i won Um, that was that was huge i was very very excited for that but the show was um not quite what i expected um but again like you learn something different from every single prep and every single comp that you do so i definitely learned a a lot from that just um the difference in competing internationally you know away from all of your creature comforts all of your support crew like sort of being more on your own. it changes the whole dynamic of a competition, but I think it's really important to put yourself in, like like I'm doing right now, putting myself in uncomfortable situations. That's yeah. really the only way that you can grow.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. Sorry.
1: But yeah, done a couple of couple more pro shows since then, and sort of done pretty okay. I'd like to think. Um, so yeah, that it's I've really really enjoyed it. Um, my last show, I placed uh, third. Um, in the fitness pro show in Adelaide um, last year, 2020, one of the few bodybuilding shows that did manage to go ahead. Um, So I was very thankful and lucky for that. Um, But my feedback was that I have actually grown too big, um, muscularity-wise, for the fitness model division. And so I was given the the boot and told that I should (laughs) probably move up to to figure. So that's what um, my plan is for this year.
0: Yep. And how's that been then transitioning? Like, Because you've been pro in that division for a long time. So yeah. was that a bit of a mindset shift to actually embrace growing as much as what you can now and what you have to do to go up a category?
1: Yeah. Honestly, um, I was actually really excited because figures <laughs> the figure girls are actually, um, you know, I always looked up to them. And actually, in fact, when I first competed, that's what I wanted to do. Um, of course, I soon found out that you have to have a lot more muscle in order to compete in your figure and that yeah. I wasn't quite there yet. So, um, yeah, I've actually always wanted to do figure. So I was so excited to be told that, you know, I was almost there. So it's been something I've certainly embraced. Um, however, the eating more thing <laughs> has um, been a lot harder than what I actually thought it would be. Um, it was really exciting and fun and a bit of a novelty, I think, to start with. And then, as food crept up higher and higher, um, and of course, being a girl as well, you know, we have a bit more. I think we have more pressures to to stay a little leaner or have more expectations to look a certain way, especially in the fitness space.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that became something that I realized made me more self conscious. So it it has been hard, but I've I've really tried to push and persevere through it because at the end of the day, I know that I have to grow. And the only way to grow is to be in that slight little surplus. So yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And then when you're working with clients a lot, do you find that this is one of the biggest hurdles with them making progress long-term as well is that desire and that uh, sort of stigma of I've got to stay lean.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that clients do enjoy um, about working with us here is because We've kind of been through it as well, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a relatability thing. Um, they like they like chatting to someone that kind of understands where they come from, um, or as I like to say to them, I understand the crazy because I've been there
0: too.
1: <laughs> um, so being able to get on that level and, and really understand the fear of of what's drive or what what's driving the fear um, helps you really get down to why, and then often you can you can work through it and remove it. Um, usually the fear is based on something quite, um, external, like the scale number going up or, um, the, the fear that they're just going to blow out and get really fat. Um, for example, if someone came to us and w- was quite overweight and perhaps, you know, did a really good body recomp, um, built some muscle lost some body fat. And then we decided that, right you know, you've kind of graduated from those little newbie gains, it's time to to put some real work in and push your food up and grow some more muscle. Um, The fear that they're going to go back to what they were before, it's always sort of there. So it's about explaining. Yeah, I think it's just about education. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. we always explain every step of the way. And so we like to empower our clients, basically by telling them um, why things happen, and how things happen so that when they do, Um, It's not a big shock to their system, so yeah, especially for women who are perhaps doing their very first building phase, it's always very very scary. Um, You know, we'll be a little more gently and do it conservatively, so they can understand and get a bit of a feel for what their body's going to to do, uh, how it's going to respond to the process, and then it becomes something that's just not so scary because they realise that they're actually looking better, they're looking stronger, you know, their, their training is just out of this world. Um, and that they're not, in fact, going to put on a whole heap of body fat and go back to sort of what they were before. So yeah, it's it's very much helping them work through the fears and and um, getting to the bottom of, of why they're worried about it.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think what you said there is like giving them that different focus of you know, you're looking at better, more muscular, stronger, rather than they've been so solely focused on lean, 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 lean and yeah. fat loss, fat loss. Yeah. You need to give them a different goal, so in their head they're like reframing it as like, oh well, hang on, I get the chance to progress on my lifts, I get my chance to eat a little bit more food and enjoy myself and less social pressure and everything like that. And when you reframe it like that to them, and they're like, okay, so we just focus on this for like twelve weeks or sixteen weeks or whatever in their head. Yeah. It makes it easier rather than just think. Oh, it's all about the physique and how lean you look.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It, it is such a focus for females. Um, just this idea of having to look a certain way all of the time, um, which has certainly been something that I've really tried to educate. Um, well, everyone on on my, that follow my my social media platforms, but especially my clients because they they watch me so closely, especially like in my preps. So yeah. um, you know, I have to walk the talk. As well. Um, and I, sh- I show them that what I go through in an off season, that I don't look the same as I do going into a competition, that it, it is necessary for me to regain some body fat so that I can, you know, move on to the next goal, that we don't stay there because what they see on social media often is just a constant highlight reel of all of the fitness models looking really super shredded and lean on stage and, and posing a certain way, and it's just on the repeat. And I think what they don't realize is, for the most part, a lot of those women don't look – that's not what they look like all of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a, it's a highlight reel, and everyone takes all these pictures of when they're lean so they can constantly use them throughout the year, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what, I, I'll put my hand up and say, hey, I've definitely been guilty of that in the past. Um, maybe a combination of fearing what others might think because they knew that I competed as a fitness model and I was a pro fitness model, so I should look a certain way even in my off-season. But also, um, I guess, just like, yeah, worrying about what other people thought, but also worrying about how it made me look in, within the industry as a professional. Yeah. But I think that actually embracing the reality of it has helped so many more people and actually actually helped my business more as well because people, people want honesty and they want, they want to know the truth. Um, and I think by showing them both sides and how like the ins and outs of what happens to the body going into a show and going out of a show, um, it's, it's really important um, that people understand what the whole process is it's actually turned a lot of people off from competing i've talked i've talked many girls out of it um, because they just don't quite understand what it is a lot of them think it's like a like a weight loss challenge or like a yeah. fitness challenge something just to tick off the bucket list but um, it's really quite intense and unless you're in a point in life where you have, the ability to put a lot of energy and focus into that one thing like i'm sure as you know um it, it really does drain a lot of attention from other other areas in your life i think you have to be you have to be prepared to some extent to do that um and a lot of them are just not so i kind of tell them you know financially and like you know, support network wise um mindset wise and of course muscularity wise as well you need to be in a position that you know enables you to do that you have to have a stronger why than just I want to get shredded or I want to you know um, get some nice pictures for the gram Um, yeah yeah. yeah. that's not gonna that's not gonna push you through those really hard days um, that you go through on prep for sure
0: yeah I've certainly
1: helped a lot of girls out of it um, but then also obviously helped a lot of girls um, through it as well so
0: yeah. And I think when people see like the highlight reel of Jazzy or O's pictures of where we're lean, and they're like it might not be a recent picture, but they're like, Oh, I'd love to look like that. And it's like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You, you do, but it's it's a lot to take on. Like there's one yeah. point in my prep, I think I was like 10, eight to ten weeks out, and I felt like I was on fire. It was like business was good, I was winning, I was yeah. signing clients up, I was just in a really productive space. And then, about five weeks, out, I just went to shit where like, I felt just lethargic yeah. all the time. I didn't even want to play with my daughter. I was like, oh, I yeah. just want to sit here. Like, why do you want me to get up and play with you? And looking <laughs> back on that, you're like, fuck. Like, yeah. obviously, yeah. I was committed to what I wanted to do, but like, yeah. do I really want that? And I, I'm at the point now where I don't think I ever want to do that again. No. Like, because I don't want to miss out on those things and to not give yeah. 100% to that area of my life. Like, oh, if absolutely. I can get lean, but not like, the pressure on of oh, i've got a photo shoot or that like it's just it's just flipped it in my head like i'm not saying i'll never do it but at the minute i'm just like that's off for me now like yeah. i i, I want to be in a, a even better place if i'm gonna do it again Um oh,
1: absolutely it's i it think you've really got to be
0: nice. honest with that as well right
1: yeah 100 it is really nice to take some time off from competing and um, put energy and focus back into other areas in your life, sort of like top up all the cups that were sort of slowly getting a little shallower um, yeah. over the course of, of prep. So, um, I I generally take a couple years off between each show. So, although oh, I beautiful. have competed for many years, like two two thousand and thirteen, what's that like? What eight years? Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't done that many comps for someone that's been competing for that long. Um, and maybe that's a good thing and a bad thing, but, um, I think for me, it was a matter of, because I also have two kids. Um, yeah, like you say, wanting to, to balance that a little, as much as you can being in this sport, constantly trying to invest as much as you can in like family and career
0: mm-hmm.
1: and personal life as well as, as the sport. So I just don't think that I could constantly be competing every year and, and, and manage to maintain all of that. I think I would have gone crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's not to put people off just starting a diet or doing some sort of transformation, oh, no. obviously. Like, absolutely, you yeah. obviously have two kids and you run a successful business. You still find time to train, prep all your meals, and do all that stuff that's needed for the off season. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't do this. It's just that there's going to be an extreme where, at some that's stage, right. like this, the ratio of the balance sort of of absolutely. Uh, life versus like, you know, the cut sort of goes yeah, off yeah, kilter.
1: Nailed it. Yeah. Like I tell my clients, it's like the more the extreme, the, the the goal or the look that you're trying to go for, the more extreme your trade-offs have to be. Yes. Yeah. So you may want to achieve a certain look because you think that it's appealing and that is okay. But you also have to consider, are you also willing then to pay the price, I guess, or um, make the sacrifices that that look requires? Because that's what that person has done to get there um mm. and i think a lot of people don't quite realize that so then we chat about um what perhaps might be a realistic goal that's um matches up to what they're willing to to put in effort mm. in r- gives you the result so yeah yeah
0: 100 100 and What would you say to somebody who is kind of like, they want to change, but they keep saying, oh, I don't have the time, or I guess this working with female gym pop, this is a a common one of trying to balance work, family life. And a lot of people probably before they start with you, same with a lot of my clients, they're like, they're kind of spinning their wheels in the gym, like they don't really, they're not really committed to it or they're just not in the right program or they're not doing the right accountability. what's your main thing for getting these women on track and actually realizing that they can do it then
1: right well for general pop clients it's it's really about what what are they what are they generally trying to achieve for the most part they just want to look look a bit better feel a bit better have a bit more energy and um i don't know a lot of them just want to fit into you know maybe a smaller size dress or smaller size pair of jeans just sort of get more confident in the body that And that's, and that's cool. For the most part, that doesn't require a really grueling, intense, you know, hour long training session five, six times a week. It just doesn't, it's just not necessary. Um, If you have time and you want to, and you enjoy it, then absolutely go for it. But a, a lot of our clients train maybe two, three times a week for 30 to 40 minutes. And um, I think that that's pretty, pretty reasonable trade-off. And a lot of them actually even just train at home because even just the drive to the gym is not something that they can fit into their schedule or, you know, they don't have someone to look after their kids. So they've got, you know, a few sets of dumbbells in their garage and, and a, a yoga mat or whatever. And um, they just make do with what they've got there. So a lot of it's quite, it's simple. It's simple stuff. Um, and it just is, we focus on implementing Programs that more fits into the, the lifestyle, rather than trying to get a, a client to fit into a program. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And then. But, in, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, but in terms of um, of not knowing what to do in the gym and having no direction, obviously having a plan is um, is huge. So whether it's from a coach whether it's one that you sort of look up a basic one on the internet. I know there are thousands of templates out there, just something really basic. It doesn't need to be fancy at all to follow um, and have like some fundamental exercises in there just just to track your progress. Because I think just going into the gym with a plan and and knowing what you're going to do takes away so much of that gym anxiety that a lot of women have um, and, and is really motivating because you kind of like, Go in do your session and then the next week you go in and you go right last week i did this so this week you know i'm going to beat that by one rep or you know i'm going to lift a slightly heavier weight today and the yeah the amount of motivation and empowerment that they get from doing that it's it's really awesome to see i get clients getting super excited about you know new training programs because they can see across you know a training block how much strength um, and just like fitness progress they've made aesthetics aside like you know they make great aesthetics progress and that's awesome too but it's great to show them like look you can now squat you know 15 kilo, kilos heavier than when you first started and yeah. and they can look back on that and and be really proud of of something that they have achieved other than just you know a scale loss
0: yeah yeah and that's perfect and you know yeah it goes to show that there's so many different wins aside from just how they're looking and everything else. Right. It can be that progress in the gym and getting them to be consistent with that sort of thing. Cause that's probably where a lot of them are going wrong. Right. They're in the gym, spinning their wheels and maybe go in and play about on the machines, but they're probably so used to going in and the, they've done 50 on the leg press last week. So they just automatically slot in 50 and they're not actually making that progress and thinking, right, well, what if I push 55 or 60 this week? They're just like, oh, I can do 50. Let's just do another 12 reps on there, you know?
1: That's right. That's right. And um, if you are a very sort of competitive, intrinsic person, then sometimes you can be motivated enough to do that yourself. But a lot of the time that's That's a big part of what we do here as coaches is you know because they know that we are watching what they log and if they keep the weight the same this week instead of moving up to the to allocated weight recommended weight that they should be doing for that week they feel like oh i better i don't want to let my coach down or someone's watching me um you know we always we always do a little bit better when we know that someone's watching so i think it's that accountability thing that that really helps a lot of females as well so in that respect um, it can be can be really awesome to have that support person even if it's not a coach someone to help sort of support you along in your journey um, as a bit of a, a bit of a motivator but also to keep you accountable
0: yeah yeah hundred percent and when you're looking at say a normal gen pop female starting out you're saying maybe they're training from home maybe it's gym based whatever suits obviously it's based on the person in front of you but if you're talking say three workouts a week how would that normally look for one of your clients and what are they doing outside of those three workouts which gets them that big result overall then
1: yeah so i guess we try and look at the their lifestyle in a big picture so if um say you know we have a client mary and she works a desk job monday to friday maybe she and maybe she has a couple of small kids can't get to the gym it just doesn't quite fit into her schedule so she has a home workout program and and she can only commit to say three workouts a week so because she has a desk job um, we know that a large um, component of her output is going to be the activity that she does across the day. And if she's mm-hmm. sitting down all day, then that's going to reduce her output greatly. So we try to implement really simple things like, hey, Mary, why don't we get up, I don't know, an hour earlier um, in the morning if we can and go for like a 20 minute walk, just a 20 mm-hmm. minute walk around the block um, before work. That way you've got, you've, you've got some steps in before your day's really even started. You know, it sets your day off to a really, really nice tone. Um, once you've done that, you tend to feel more motivated and productive anyway. And um, then later on in the day after work, when it suits, then you can come home and do your 20, 30 minute, whatever um, workout at home. And um, sort of, yeah, each day just sort of tick, tick those same boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't try to, we don't try to overload lifestyle clients with trying to do too much. In fact, I find that a common trend that we're encountering now is that women are trying to do too much. Like Mm -hmm. they're trying to seriously do way too much and it's just not necessary. Um, we look at making progress by doing the absolute minimum whilst getting the maximum result for that uh, level of effort, if that makes sense. Because women are doing like five, six group fitness classes a week. Then they're trying to do all of these like 5K runs. And then they're trying to eat 1,200 calories. Mm. And then they've got to run around and take their kids to their after-school commitments and their weekend sport. And they're sleeping like shit. And you know they they have no sex drive, and their hair's pulling out, and hormones are all whack, and they wonder why. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what we're doing is like telling them they need to rest more. Mm-hmm. You need to like slow down. You need to drop some classes. You need to focus on improving like your sleep. Go to bed a little earlier. Um, maybe work on stress management, um, meditation. Um, listening to podcasts go for Uh, a go for a walk not every bit of exercise that we do or training that we do needs to be intense and and up here all the time there's a lot of benefit in more slow-paced exercises like yoga and just walking just cannot walking is so underrated it just it cannot be like more simple than that like just move more in general it doesn't need to be intense all the time once they realize that it's amazing they just start feeling so much better you know and then nourishing them their bodies better and then once they're feeling better they want to go to the gym and put effort into the training it has more meaning you know
0: yeah yeah absolutely and like that's massive i think like you've got busy females who've got a busy home life and then like you say as trainers we are we're taught to or maybe the stuff that we do it's like ticking all the boxes for a shred it's like digestion sleep rather than overloading clients with all that amount of stuff we still want to have it as optimal as possible but yeah, rather than right. have them worry about their digestion and sleep just get them to move better feel a bit better over time and then as things come up over then we go oh good okay, we can improve the sleep now like that's a habit now with that's the right. movements and workouts let's look at improving your sleep what five things can we do to make your sleep better or yep. you know how often are you spacing out your meals can we improve digestion a bit rather than you know throwing everything at the client at once like here's the water i want you to drink here's the steps i yeah. want you to do here's the work guides and it can be quite yeah. overwhelming in that sense then oh, rather than so overwhelming, so overwhelming
1: yeah um clients you know ask us like we want the best workout we'll do whatever it takes i'll do 100 effort you know um tell me to eat whatever you want and, and i'll stick to it 100 perfect like and it, it's it's about changing that mindset to you don't need to be perfect it doesn't need to be hundred percent you know you can you can fit this into your life you don't need to mold yourself or mold your life to become like this robot and and just um sacrifice everything that you love to achieve you know this goal It can it can be it can be fun it can be enjoyable so we try to yeah we try to very much um get women to embrace a, a more uh what how do you want to say it just a more i guess holistic um sort of approach and, um, and look at the quality of life in the big picture of things. Yeah. So they may want to eventually be a pro fitness model. A lot of them, for a lot of women, that's what, that's what they want to achieve and that's what they want to look like. And whilst we don't want to discourage that, um, we also want to explain that there is a process to getting there and you're probably not going to achieve that tomorrow. So what can we do, you know, what can we do this week to start making progress like now? Because a lot of people just want to wait. They want to wait till the time is right. You know, life is just too busy. I don't have time right now. Or, you know, I want to wait until dot, dot, dot. So I guess what we're about is like, don't wait. There's always stuff you can do um, that Whether that is something large or something smaller, you know, it depends on where you're at in life, but there is always stuff that you can do. So it just depends on how, how bad you want it. A person that kind of like, you know, procrastinates, makes excuses, says, Oh, I wish I could, but I can't because, um, you know, they're always going to find a reason why, um, it's very easy to find a reason why you can't. So we instead try to get people to find reasons why you can or things that you can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Try to flip that focus around.
0: Yeah. hundred percent, man. And I think that's a massive one to end on because I think we could probably keep talking here for hours, but that in itself is so powerful that it's huge to just end on that. Like there's always something that people can do. It's just finding what's right for you and kind of finding the next sort of steps to just, make that progress and just move things forward. And it could be just moving the needle a tiniest little bit towards where you want to go. And it could have a profound effect really.
1: Oh, it really does. Um, People are so surprised at the small things that they can implement each day. Um, The compounded effects of those small little actions each day across like 12 weeks, people are just like crazy. A lot of the, um, the client progress transformations that you see on like our Instagram, Facebook pages, um, these are, all, these are all lifestyle clients for the most part. And the, the things that we implement, they're not crazy training regimes. Mm. You know, we haven't got them eating stupid low calories. These are, these are very much the sustainable um, programs and approaches that we have across the board because these are real people with lives just like everyone else. We're all busy. I think that's just something that, you know, is just assumed now. Everyone has really busy lives. It's just the world that we're living in. It's very fast-paced. So yeah. it's about, yeah, just kind of like having an approach that works with life um, mm. rather than trying to take on things that are actually going to be counterproductive and making you feel, feel so overwhelmed, so stressed out that you burn out and then you're going to be caught in this loop of kind of like stopping and starting. And mm. I think that's what people get really frustrated with. They get, they get onto a program, start feeling really good, but maybe it's just... It's too much for them to, to juggle for a long period of time that eventually, you know, they drop the ball and then they're kind of back to, to ground one again and and then they start over. So we want that ball to keep up in the air. So it needs to be something that they can keep juggling, you know,
0: Yeah, it
1: needs to be something that they can manage um, as a lifestyle because, you yeah, know, that's what we're trying to do here.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. And I think when people do look at the results that you put up, they'll be able to relate to what you're saying a lot because these are just like what seem like normal everyday people who get fucking incredible results. And it's probably because you're just taking that individual approach and working out what that person needs, and just moving the needle, like we said, just like what exactly what they need at that time, and just being like, just focus on this. Let's stop trying to do a million different things. Just focus on this one thing that's going to have the biggest bang for your buck, and then we'll start doing something a, a lot later. And it, it's, I think, it's quite uh, refreshing to hear that as a, as an a, another coach that you know you're not just pounding your clients into the ground and treating them like comp prep clients, and that you're treating yeah. everyone differently based on their scenario and what they've got going on and what they need to do to to move that needle a little bit.
1: Yeah, I kind of think of it as like progressive overload, but with clients. Yeah. So, you know, you wouldn't give someone who's just starting to train like all of the volume, you would give them a little bit of the time and that little bit of volume would be more than what they were doing before and they're going to get a result from that. So why would you do that with a lifestyle client, you know, yeah. you only need a little bit and then you can build it and progress it from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, that's killer. And if people want to follow you now coming off this, and they've resonated with what you've said, shout out your Instas or maybe your Facebook. If that's a big platform for you as well.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, pretty much what I share on the Insta is 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 pretty similar to the Facebook. They they are linked. Um. But yeah. you know, I have different different viewers on each. So my Instagram is Jazzy underscore Cheer underscore Iron Maiden, and my Facebook page is Jazzy Cheer Iron Maiden Fitness.
0: Perfect, perfect. So, guys, I'd encourage you to go and follow Jazzy. She's got some awesome stuff that she'll be posting up. Even her own journey and what she's going through now, going from that category to um to figure category is gonna be awesome to watch. And I see it every day on your story, man, and it's good to see. So, um and guys, if you've enjoyed this, remember as well that it's it's Jazzy's first podcast. So show her some love. Let's screenshot this. I say this every time, guys, but <laughs> The way I know you enjoy this content is if people screenshot it and they, they, tag us in it. So tag either Jazzy or me or both of us and let us know you enjoyed this because I'm sure we both like to get the feedback on this episode. And I think there's lots of little nuggets in here that people can take away and actually implement moving forward, whether it's just, you know, being a bit easier on themselves or implementing you know, overload overloading all these areas of their lives to try to move the needle a bit more. It's, it's a winning podcast mate. So thank you for your time. Any nerves you had, mate, I did not pick up on. So well done on that. It was awesome. So
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome, mate. You have a great day, and I'll speak to you soon. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to The O Show with your host, Oren McCory. If you liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and share this on your social media. We'll see you on the next episode for more no-nonsense advice to help you supercharge your efforts in the gym, in the kitchen, and most importantly, in your head. See you then.